We have a Real Housewives of Salt Lake City husband arrested for domestic violence. We're diving into why Heather Gay lied to protect Jen Shaw in regards to the black eye debacle and um, a little more tea from the Salt Lake City reunion. So I hope you are ready for it. Let's dive in. You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TVT, surf fresh all week long. Now, let's dive in. Good morning, San Francisco. Um, Not really San Francisco, but it is Los Angeles, and the weather does feel a little like I am in San Fran. It's cloudy, it's overcast, it's chilly. Uh, Got a long day ahead today. Um, Oh, I'm a little off-center. Long day ahead, I'm taping the Pink Shade podcast. If you guys are familiar with Mary Payne, Mary Payne, I'm going to be on her podcast this week, so be sure to tune in. I'm also going to be appearing on the OKOP podcast. Um, We taped that already, so that'll be coming out soon, but I do have the guys of OKOP. If you haven't checked out that podcast, they are going to be coming on my show. We're taping it today at Spotify HQ because that's where my, my new studio is at, Spotify headquarters. Woo woo, because a bitch a badass now. We official, baby. We official. So many fun, exciting announcements that are coming, but I'm excited to officially be um, taping no filter in my new Spotify studio. I am still building my home studio here. But stay tuned for that. You can follow me on Instagram for all the behind the scenes tea at just plain Zach is my personal handle. Or if you want all the podcast tea, you can always follow the podcast at no filter with Zach, but they are two separate accounts. One is podcast stuff and one is me stuff. So definitely go check that out. Um, I also put a call out for really bad disaster dating stories. It doesn't have to be dating stories. It can also be like really bad sex stories. So if you have a really good juicy story that you want to share that you have like, you're like, oh my God, this happened to me in boom, boom in the bedroom, or this happened to me when I was out with this cuckoo crazy guy or this, you know, crazy girl. Definitely share your stories with me. You can share them anonymously, but please disclose that you are sharing them anonymously. You can leave a voicemail if you'd prefer to leave a voicemail. You can send it to the hotline. Um, But just, you know, looking for, I'll tell you why later, but I'm looking for disaster date stories. If you have any, definitely be sure to check them out. And check out the Pink Shade podcast, Mary Payne. I'm going to be on the show this week, so go check out Pink Shade With Mary Payne, we're going to be talking all about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. I did a recap on the Ringer Reality TV podcast on Tuesday with my girl Chelsea Stark-Jones. We talked about the Southern Charm reunion and we talked about the this most recent episode of Real Housewives of Miami. So those are all the promos. Those are all the things. Get ready for it. It's going to be fun. Got some fun guests lined up on my podcast. Lots of fun things in the works and planned. So stay tuned. Get ready. It's going to be an exciting couple of months. All right. Let's dive into Salt Lake City. Monica. Monica Garcia. My goodness. Monica Garcia. Monica Fowler. Monica Dumal. What was her other name? I don't remember. She's had so many names at this point. But so, okay. Monica's ex-husband. So the U.S. son, the son, but here in the States, has obtained a police report from the night that Monica's ex, Mike Fowler, was arrested for slapping her across the face. So prior, so she's Monica Garcia now, which is her family name because her mother, God, does anybody remember what her mother's maiden name is? Uh, Darnell. There you go. That's what it was. So Monica Darnell is the name that she was born with. We learned this at the Salt Lake City reunion this week. She was born Monica Darnell. Then she got married and she became Monica Fowler. 
And then when she left her ex, she wanted to go back. She didn't want to become Darnell anymore. She was over Darnell because I guess Darnell was related to her mom and she wanted nothing to do with Darnell. So she became Monica Garcia, which is her mother's actual last name. Her mom like had eight last names, which I'm like, okay, first of all, your parents got greedy giving you eight names, number one. And number two, she had two last names in there and it wasn't even like a married hyphenate. She had Darnell and then she also had Garcia. So Monica decided to change her last name to her mother's other last name. I mean, she had five names to choose from, but she decided to change it to the other last name, which is Garcia. And that's why we now know her as Monica Garcia, formerly formerly Monica Fowler, born Monica Darnell. Got it. Keep up. These are all the six people that were running Reality Vontis. So apparently they got into an argument one night. This happened in front of their children. Her ex, Mike, was arrested for domestic violence assault, domestic violence in the presence of a child, and interruption of a communication device back in March 2021. After he slapped Monica, it looks like she ran into a room, and then she called the police from her Apple Watch, and it was just, a it seems like a really unfortunate night. But police came, he was arrested, he, apparently, they were fighting over people that she had been associating with, which is interesting. I'm curious to see what she was associating with. Jen Shaw? Was it Reality Vontis Tanisha? Who were the people that she was associating with that he was upset about that would warrant this argument to you know ensue the way that it did? But anyway, Mike Fowler was arrested. He spent a few days in jail. He was sentenced to 12 months probation, and he ended up having to pay a little over $1,000 in fines. Trish says Hispanic people have multiple last names indicating the mother and the father. Thank you, Trish, for educating me on that. I happen to be Hispanic myself, and I only have one last name. Well, not really. <laughs> um, I mean, I have my birth last name, and then I have, like, my stage last name. But I I don't know. I was My last name is actually Gonzalez, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. Um, but I go by... It's a long story. <laughs> I'm like Monica. I'm like Monica Garcia. I have... Uh, well, I really only have two last names. In Latin culture, we're given two last names. Yes, I know that, guys. But, like, Monica's mom had, like, eight names. I under Yes, I do know that it's common to have two last names in the Hispanic culture. I did grow up Hispanic. I do have Hispanic blood in, in inside of me. Um, I do understand that. Thank you for the clarification. But my point was Monica's mom had, like, eight names. And that's not common for anybody other than someone selling, like, drugs or something, you know? But no, I don't have, I, my legal name is Peter Zachary Gonzalez. I never, Peter is my father and my grandfather's name. So I was technically the third. I was never called Peter. I've never gone by Peter. Um, nobody's ever called me that. Even when my mother would register me in school as a kid, she always registered me as Zachary Peter Gonzalez. So Peter was always, my name has always been Zachary or Zach. In school, they always called me Zachary. Until um, eventually I just, you know, go by Zach. And I kept the Peter last, I kept the name Peter in honor of my grandfather because it was very important to him that as his first grandchild and as his first grandson, I was named after him. So in honor of my grandfather, I kept Peter as my last name, but I never really identified with it because I always felt like my father's Peter. I'm not Peter. So yeah, it was a whole thing, especially in high school. It was like a whole thing. There was like another Zach in high school and he was like, why are you trying to steal my name? And I'm bit, I'm like, bitch. I'm the more important Zach. I'm the more relevant Zach. Like, nobody cares about you. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That's a little... That's my Monica Garcia story and my multiple names. 
but no, I never liked being called Peter just because, again, I, nobody had ever called me that and it always felt like that was my dad's last name. So, or sorry, that was my dad's name. So it just never, it was like, ugh. It just never, I never really identified with it. But yeah, so this is assuming a big part of the reason Monica left her ex-husband she said that it was due to domestic violence when she opened up about it last week after part one of the reunion. So it doesn't have anything to do with the brother-in-law that she banged, right? It, it was her brother. Yeah. The brother-in-law that she banged, she said it was back when she was like 20 years old, so many, many years ago. We've since <sighs> moved on. Um, yeah. Guys, I'm like Raquel. I changed my name to from Rachel or like Lala. Everyone's like, Lauren, that's the weird thing too, is like so many people um, like try to weapon. That's one thing that I related to Lala about is how people try to weaponize the name. Um, I guess people did that with Ra Raquel and Rachel. Like they tried to weaponize the name Rachel against Raquel. It's like, you're not really Raquel, you're Rachel. Same thing with Lala. You're not Lala, you're Lauren from Utah. I don't understand why people feel the necessity to weaponize that. Um, I... I experienced it like especially in high school where people would try to call me Peter as kind of like a dig and I it would upset me in high school because I was like that's not my name and it just feels really weird because I have a really complicated relationship with my father um so it was very uncomfortable when people would call me Peter because I'm like that's a name that's associated as a first name right as a last name you, you kind of like see it as a surname as a family name so as a last name, I felt it was more of like in honor of my grandfather because he wanted me to be named after him. But when it comes to like people referring to me as that, it really did bother me because I was like, it associates me with somebody that I have such a complicated relationship with that I wish I had a better relationship with. But, you know, it just is what it is. And now it's even more complicated because as I've shared with you guys, my dad now has cancer and like we're, I've tried to work on that relationship and he just doesn't really seem to be as receptive to building a relationship. So it's complicated. Life is complicated. Oh yeah. Jax Taylor's real name is Jason. Yeah. See, it's a thing. Um, I hope y'all work it out, Peter. See, I don't understand why that's necessary though. I literally just shared how that name is just not you know, I don't associate with that name and it comes with from a very complicated relationship with my father. So people calling me Peter in the live chat, I just think is inappropriate. Um, again, it doesn't affect me the way that it used to, but I think anybody weaponizing that, you're doing it with the intention of stirring something up. And I just think that that's disrespectful. Um, but Okay, let's move on to some Winter House news. Is anybody watching Winter House? People have been telling me Winter House is really good. We have Summer House that's returning in February, which usually always comes back in about February. I feel like it's um, taken a little long. I kind of wish they would have gotten this out sooner, but I guess we're still interested in it, right? It's coming up. We're seeing the trailer opened up with like Lindsay and Carl, and we see that their um, relation, their breakup, the day that they broke up, and we see Lindsay and he, Carl's like, I'm going to be the bad guy, and Carl's going to, Carl's like, um, she's going to say that she was blindsided, and then we see Lindsay, and she's talking to her dad, and she's like, I feel, um, I feel blindsided. I feel, you know, whatever, and he's like, I'm going to be the bad guy, and she's going to throw this all on me, and now we're seeing this all kind of play out, so I'm wondering if people are going to change their tone towards Carl once we actually see this all play out on the show. But Summer House returns in February. We're not going to see any of the Lindsay and Carl stuff until at least, what, 
April, possibly even May when we get the finale because it's going to be a minute. But in related to Summer House, we now have Winter House, which has since ended. But Corey Kiefer, he's the he's a hunk of hunk of burning love. He's a cutie patootie. Um, he has he's now speaking out because Sam, Sam Fair, is that how you say her last name? Sam Fair. She was recently on the Not Skinny Not Fat podcast with Amanda Hirsch. Love Amanda Hirsch. She's been on this podcast before. But so Amanda Hirsch interviewed her and um she opened up about her breakup from um Corey and so people have been talking about that lately and now Corey is speaking out and he gave a statement to page six and he's basically saying oh you know we just we weren't compatible we it was a conscious uncoupling but if you're watching Winter House Sam and Corey were like one of the core couples in the winter house. Some people said that it was really good. I, again, personally don't really care. Um, I didn't watch Summer House. I kind of caught clips of it here and there. or I'd kind of put it on in the background, but it wasn't something that I was actively like invested in. Um, but Sam was clearly from what you would see on the show, clearly way more into Corey than Corey was into her. Corey was a bit of a douchebag. He did seem to like really be, you know, hot and cold with her, but he would have moments where he'd be like super affectionate with her. And she was just like, yeah, that's so, ooh, yeah. She was like all into him. Anyway, he's definitely, he's a player. He likes to keep his options open. Um, Sam was kind of a good girl that I think he just wasn't interested in. He likes to chase. He likes to chase. And I think Sam was too emotionally available him but she's now revealing that they've broken up Corey, in his statement had really nice things to say about her he's like oh she's special and she's beautiful and she's loving you is kind you is smart you is brave and he admits to page six that he's like but i take full accountability for how i acted on on winter house and i regret hurting her bullshit alexa play heard it all again heard it all before come on tristan thompson we're not doing this we see you for who you are, Corey. You're a fuckboy. We need to get JT in here to give you a fuckboy exorcism. But Sam, when she was on Amanda's podcast, she uh, admits that he's the one that broke up with her. She also reveals that he didn't get her a Christmas gift after four months of talking. She said that she got him a Christmas gift, but he didn't get her a Christmas gift. And then furthermore, he didn't even acknowledge Valentine's Day after being uh, after they were together for six months. Which then begs the question, how soon is it too soon to get somebody a Valentine's Day gift? And how soon is it too soon to get somebody a Christmas gift? What would you guys say is the appropriate way? Okay, so if you start talking and it's been four months, is that an appropriate time to get somebody a Christmas gift? I say no. If you're like in a relationship for four months, sure. Um like you're exclusive, you're official, you're like in it together, you're actively dating and exclusive for four months. Yes, I would say then it would be appropriate to get a Christmas gift. But if you've just been casually seeing each other or casually talking, no, I'm not getting you a fucking Christmas gift after four months. You know how many people I already have on my list? No, thank you. If it's casual and it's not serious and it's not exclusive, Four months is way too short for a Christmas gift. Now, Valentine's Day, after six months, I guess that really depends on whether or not you guys take Valentine's Day seriously. I personally think you guys should take Valentine's Day seriously because I'm going to be doing a Valentine's Day show at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood on Valentine's Day on February 14th 
going to be a good one. Tickets are going on sale this week. Zach Pack members get first dibs. We will be live streaming it, but I suggest you come in person because it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some very special guests. We're going to get we're gonna talk about all sex, love, and dating. Going to get a little naughty. Going to bring some of your favorites back on stage for a night of love. It's a no-filter night of love. February 14th at the Berman Room in Hollywood. So mark your calendars now. Um, but yeah, I think that Sam's expectations are maybe a little high. The Valentine's Day thing I get, but not everybody cares about Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day isn't a priority for everyone. Um, a lot of people don't celebrate because they think it's dumb and it's cheesy, which is fine. That's your prerogative. You can still have fun with it. Or maybe at least, you know, buy someone a rose, buy something little. Maybe it doesn't have to be super significant, but I think a cute little thing, right? Especially if you're in the first year of dating, that's, you know... The Bourbon Room, my favorite drama-free zone. Oh, right, right, Norma? The Bourbon Room is where it goes down. I'm returning to the scene of the crime. The Bourbon Room is where it goes down. Let's get it. Um, Dr. Debo Cherry, thank you for the uh, super sticker, my love. My goodness, a $20 super sticker. Get it, get it, get it. Pamela says, you look so handsome with your dark hair, Zach. Congratulations on the new studio. You deserve all the perks from all your hard work. Happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. Um, yeah. Oof. Brittany says, my man proposed to me two weeks after we started dating. We've been together for six years. We have two kids in a home now. So I'm a true believer of when you know, you know. What? He proposed to you after two weeks of date? Like, you met, and two weeks later, he's like, I want to marry you? Were you guys banging in those two weeks? How often did you see each other in those two weeks? I have questions. I have so many questions. Maybe we'll do a special, like, a Valentine's Day live stream where we just dive into everybody's, you know, craziest love stories. Which, by the way, guys, if you do have a wild dating or sex story, be sure to DM me because... um. I would love to discuss it with you. Sorry, I just got some tea. Um, not about this, about my friend group. Um, okay, Norma says, I married after four months and have been married for 30 years. Wow. When did you know, like, here's a good thing is we're approaching Valentine's Day. When did you guys know that this was the one? And how did you guys know? Like, I've always just been so fascinated about this. Like, I even wanted to talk to, to like, my grandfather, who was married, you know, before my grandmother passed away back in 2021. Um, like, talk to him about it and be like, when did you guys know? How did you know? How did you know you didn't want to not end up together? Like, how did you know you wanted to stay committed to your relationship? Like, I just have so many questions about all of this. Uh, my husband told me he wanted to marry me on our first date 23 years later and happy as could be. Oh my gosh, you guys, love is real. Here I was like not believing in love anymore. So when you know, you know, but how do you know? Like, how do you know? Like, this is somebody I want to marry. Like, is it a gut feeling? Is it like, how do you know it's not like an infatuation? Because like after two weeks or after four months, like that very likely could be an infatuation. I guess you know, right? Like, you just know in your gut, like, this is my person. And this is the person that I can see myself with. Um, I knew in like a week the how and why. I have no idea. That's so wild to me. 
Um, okay. Moving on from love. Sorry, I'm just talking this all out in my brain. Um, oh, here's a little bit of some interesting uh, good news, I guess, from Real Housewives Ultimate Girlship. With, by, by the way, this Saturday, Kristen Takeman is going to be doing a live Q&A with um, Sarah from the Jeff Lewis Obsessed Instagram account. I'm going to be there to support her. I don't think I'm in the show, but I'm like they're going to support her. But anyway, Kelly and Luann have finally gone to a Rangers game together. Congrats to them. They posted, Countess Luann posted on Instagram that they went to a Rangers game, which I'm glad, you know? I'm glad. Good for them. True love. Uh, when you can't be happy, uh, when you can't be happy if your partner isn't okay. That's a that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, someone you can be completely yourself with, and I swear it's really just it really is just a feeling. Ugh. Mary says, "I too much true crime. I would run if a guy does three weeks or first date." Mary, you don't believe in love. That's why you're single. Jk. Um, I. My question is, how do you find them? I keep finding the bad ones. I guess they're the ones that stay, right? Despite everything, they stay. And if they don't stay, then you know that's not the one. Riley says, I met my husband on eHarmony and have been together for 14 years. eHarmony. Oh, my God. That is a throwback. That is a 14-year throwback. Is eHarmony still th- Like, do people still do eHarmony? Interesting. Remember when they used to have those like Match.com and eHarmony commercials? I don't really watch TV commercials anymore because now everything's like on demand or streaming. That like, but I remember when those commercials happened. I just turned sixty-eight yesterday. I've never been married. I love my freedom too much to put up with someone else's underwear. Love Grandma Debbie. You know what, Grandma Debbie? You do you. How are you, Grandma Debbie? Do you have kids? Did you have a baby out of wedlock and then grandkids from that? Grandma Debbie, I have follow-up questions. With every pick, Luann gets more and more gorgeous. Well, filters help with that too, you guys. Cindy says, I married after five months of knowing him. Wait, you married him after five months of knowing him? That's crazy. Married for 17 and a half years before he died of cancer. Okay, that is not the plot twist I was expecting that to go in Cindy I'm so sorry my love I my heart breaks for you I knew my Gemini husband was the one he was so easy to be with no head games I feel very comfortable with him interesting 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 my mom and dad met over the phone in World War II. How did they meet over the phone? Talked for three weeks, got married the next weekend, and were married for 48 years? Holy shit, j How did they meet on the phone, though? Was it like one of those hotlines where you call and you're like, I'm gonna... the sex hotlines, was that how they met? Because he was, you know, in a war and horny. I Sorry, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but... Ooh, I talked for three weeks and got married. See, I just think our culture now has made divorce such an easy option. I'm unhappy right now. Therefore, I'm not willing to put in the uncomfortable, you know, discomfort, the uncomfortable work to move through the discomfort to stay committed to each other. 
You know, when things get hard, whether you've had a hard year or a hard couple of years, that's usually like, I'm not happy, I'm leaving you. And I think it's just this mindset of like, we have endless options. We have other options. We can meet somebody, you know, anywhere we go. We have dating apps where we can connect with people. So that's, I think, because we have this mindset of there are plenty of fish in the sea, I have endless options and divorce is an easy option and it's become so normalized. People don't choose to stay committed. And I also think people see marriage now as like, this is my commitment to another person, but it's not like we're becoming a family, you know, or at least that's kind of how I objectively am looking at it is like people, like what I think of, like, if you're going to marry somebody and you're going to commit to somebody, you are becoming a family unit with that person. And to me, family, like Lilo and Stitch, mahalo, family Mahalo means family and family means nobody gets left behind. You stick together. Once you become family, you're bonded forever. But people just don't think of it that way anymore. It's not necessarily about like building a connection or a family together. It's more about like my happiness and my happiness is the biggest priority. But I mean, if people are able to make it work and are still happy after 37 years, 48 years together, my goodness. I married my husband after six months of knowing him and we're celebrating 16 years on the first. And I'm assuming you guys are still happy, right? Like we're not in like an unhappy marriage. Uh, I'm now picturing Norma in practical magic. Yep, Norma is very practical magic. Preach, it's fucking hard work. It is fucking hard work and it's not supposed to be easy. Marriage is not giving up and evolving together unless abuse is involved. Yeah, that's, but then again, I feel like we've also like, redefined what abuse even means whereas abuse used to be like toxicity and violence and now abuse is like oh I'm not happy and you're neglecting my needs so you're emotionally abusing me by neglecting my needs <sighs> again is it oh is it ohana or something isn't it ohana oh ohana what did I say mahalo yeah I think it's ohana not mahalo ohana ohana means family and family means nobody gets left behind I married my husband in three months of meeting him, and we've been married for 43 years, two daughters and three grandkids. Wow, 63, never married, have lived plenty, marriage isn't required. Yeah, that's another good point. You don't have to get married. I didn't think I ever wanted to get married. Like, that just wasn't a priority for me. Recently, I've thought about that, and I think I've reconsidered that, and I've actually been like, I think I actually can see myself getting married. I actually think... I am open to, I mean, if your partner wants that, I would be totally fine never getting married. Um, it's weird. I even look at like my relationships. I look at like my father and his marriage and that to me just does not look like a happy marriage. And then I look at my mother and she has been married and, you know, is now in a new committed relationship where she doesn't want to get married, but they're definitely committed. But like I recently have changed my viewpoint on that and I'm open to marriage now, which is weird because that's like such a difference in me. But I mean, it also goes to show like the inner self-work that I've done. If marriage is a priority for somebody else, then I would absolutely be comfortable committing to that. I've been with my husband, but you don't have to get married to be happy. I've been with my husband 16 years. I'm 54 now, married 30 years. Oh, wait, what? That math doesn't add up. I've been with my husband, oh, since I was 16 years old. I'm 54 now. We've been married for, Jesus Christ, 16 to 54. That's a really long time. And you still love him. Like, that's the other biggest questions. And you guys are still in love. And you still love him. 
that's really, you know, I also had cancer instead of kids. Well, that's one way to lighten up the mood. Getting engaged, got engaged after five months on a Skype call from Afghanistan, married 13 years as of 10, as of the 10th this month. I knew my husband six months before marrying him, seven years. Why are people getting married in like four to six months? Like, is that is that the standard? Is that what we're doing here? Jeez, you guys. Oof. Um, yay, Logan is now a member. Logan Anderson's now, Logan L. Anderson, now a member of the Zach Pack. I love it. If you marry, I wish you nothing but happiness. Well, I would wish me nothing but happiness too, Michelle. Okay, let's move on because we've talked enough about love. Love, love, love. Let's talk about Jen Shaw and Heather Gay. So I'm loving all of these quick proposals and marriages because mine was quick and I'm only 28. We were at six years and two kids. I'm so happy for the future. He is 10 years older. Wow. I mean, I guess it is possible, right? I do have my friend. Oh, I don't know. Should, I hope I, she better be listening to this. Stephanie, my friend Stephanie, she fell in love with, one of our other classmates, Jesse. So it's Stephanie and Jesse. Shout out to Stephanie and Jesse. They um, started dating in middle school, middle school. And then she got knocked up in high school, had a baby. And we were all like, oh, girl, this ain't going to work out. He's going to leave you. And they've been, they're married and they have three kids together. And it's crazy to be like, shit, you're my age and you got three kids and one's like grown because you had him back in high school. So it's it's been a minute. I'm trying to think, when did she... Wow, he has to be like 15 now. 14, 15? Yeah, damn. See, but they're still together. They had a baby 15 years ago, and they've been together for, I mean, over 15 years, right? Jesus. So it's possible even for people my age. I'm 30. Your hair looks great. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, boo. Um, okay, the Bravo docket is exclusively talking to Us Weekly, and they're getting into why Heather Gay may have lied about the black eye to protect Jen Shaw. So it was finally revealed in this season's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale that Jen Shaw is the one that gave Heather Gay the black eye, according to Heather Gay. Now, I remember at the time last season, season three, when the black eye storyline came up and everybody was speculating that, Jen gave Heather the black eye. I remember at the time thinking that if, you know, she was covering up for Jen and and saying that she didn't remember, it was mainly because she was trying to protect Jen, who at the time was awaiting trial, right? Because since she was technically, what, what was it, like probation? Um, or she was out on bond. And so the Bravo dockets, Angela and Gotti, who I got to meet in Vegas the weekend of BravoCon, lovely woman. So she is now confirming that that is in fact correct or not that that's what really happened, but that that would likely be a possibility as to why Heather may have protected Jen. And it was because since Jen was out on bond, Heather could have been protecting her because this could have gotten her bond revoked. It could have affected her upcoming court case because she had to exhibit good behavior. And even afterwards, after she pled guilty, Heather still had an incentive to protect her because had she revealed that Jen had been physically violent, you know, going into uh, awaiting, you know, her prison sentencing, that could have also affected how much time she got. So it would make sense if Heather, you know, with the blind loyalty that she had to Jen was really trying to protect Jen or that Jen had something on Heather. 
that was another theory is that that's why Meredith and Heather Gay were so protective of Jen and trying to make sure that they um, had her back and were supporting her because blackmail, um, which they thought Heather, or sorry, they thought that Jen must have had something on the two of them. But I also just think like they were trying to be good friends to Jen. They wanted to believe in Jen. They wanted to believe that Jen's the one that, um, was actually innocent as she was, I mean, Jen was very hardcore claiming her innocence and think about it. If that's your friend and your friend is saying, I'm innocent, I need you to believe me. I need you to have my back. Think of your good friends. Wouldn't you believe them? Like, listen, for me, there's, there was a, um, I guess it's like scandal that's going on on like Reddit, right? With another creator that don't need to get into it, but like, there was there were people that were DMing me and they're like, oh my God, have you seen this about so-and-so on Reddit? And I was like, no, I haven't seen that. But I also am not the type to go and read Reddit threads about my friends. But, you know, they came to me and they're like, well, did you hear this? And this is the accusation, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to take all of that with a grain of salt. I haven't read it. I'm not going to read it because all I'm going to do is know that this person is my friend and I'm judging this person based off of who I know this person to be. And I've known this person for years. And so I'm going to judge this person based off of my experience with this person, not necessarily for the things that are being spread, especially on Reddit. I feel like Reddit is so sensationalized and everybody wants to jump in and everybody has a story. Again, I don't know the deep details of what people are claiming on Reddit. I've just had a couple of people that have brought it to me and listen, and I reached out to this friend and I'm like, listen, I don't know what the details are. I've heard that there's some rumblings. Hang in there. I know you for who you are based off of the friend that you've been to me. There you go. And so, but like, and that's the thing. You just, you believe your friends and you trust that their character and who they are. I mean, Jen Shaw doesn't have a great character and she was a terrible human being just in general. So that's a little different, but, or even, okay. Another creator came to me the other day and we were chatting and we were talking just like catching up and she, and we were talking about the Reddit threads and she was just like, yeah, somebody like screenshotted one of your tweets about Garcelle and sent it to me. And, you know, and this person's just like, but I didn't like get into it or address it they're like I know you and I know who you are as a person that like and again you know sometimes I think a lot of people want to sensationalize things or cause issues amongst us creators sometimes or so they'll take things out of context they'll screenshot things and and not give the full context or details and listen I'll be honest what I said about Garcelle I said on on Twitter I think that Garcelle was a um Garcelle was a was being a Karen with Dorit. And I've talked about my thoughts on the Garcelle and Dorit stuff and, you know, where I stand on a lot of that. But I was like, listen, I, I feel like Garcelle's being the biggest Karen in all of this with, you know, how she's addressing some of these things. And again, I've, I've gone deep into that and my thoughts about it on the podcast prior. But, you know, I was appreciative that this content creator said, like, listen, somebody screenshotted one of your tweets and sent it to me and tried to make it bigger than it needed to be or bigger than it was, whatever. But... You know, I appreciated that. Um, and like, listen, that's we love the drama. Yes, Don, we all love the drama. But sometimes 
it's good to have a friend's back. But when it's a Jen Shaw situation, like how far do you go to protect your friend? Jen Shaw went to prison. She lied. She pled guilty. Like circumstances changed in that. But I understand people's commitment to wanting to want to support their friends and judge their friends based off of, you know, their word. It's different once you find out that your friends have been lying to you. That changes the game. Zach is so passive aggressive towards women of color. Am I? I don't mean to be. Um, I don't think I'm passive. I was literally defending Anne-Marie on the podcast the other day. Like, come on, get out of here with that bullshit. I was defending Anne-Marie, who everybody hates. Or not defending her, but I was like, listen, guys, before we determine if we like Anne-Marie or not, we should like get to know her a little better. I feel like everybody's hating on her, probably just because she's coming after Sutton, and Sutton happens to be a fan favorite. But we haven't really seen enough of Anne-Marie in order to, you know— in order to um, really get to know her, formulate a good judgment of her. You always give these white women a pass. Really? Because I've gone hard on Bethany. I've gone hard on Raquel. I've gone hard on Leah McSweeney. So I've gone hard on white women all the time. But if that's the narrative you want to run with, then you do you, boo. Um <laughs> It's just so funny how people like to pick and choose. I can defend Anne-Marie, but the second I say something critical about Garcelle, I'm against women of color. I can, you know, tear up Leah McSweeney and Bethany Frankel and Raquel Levis and all these other housewives and even Sutton Strack at time. I've called out Sutton Strack. And, you know, all of the sudden, you know, I give white women more of a pass than I give women of color. I, I, you guys realize I am Hispanic. I am technically a person of color. I'm a Hispanic and I'm a gay man. Um, so yeah, I happen to be a double minority. So I do have empathy and I have experienced the world as a minority. I don't wear that as, you know, my only identity. Um, Y'all are tripping. Oh, what happened? Romy went out. You are. Yes, he is. Okay, but you didn't respond to anything else I said. But thank you for the engagement. Please keep commenting. All the engagement does help. Be sure to like the video on your way out. Um, how long is Jen Shaw's sentence to you? I believe it was six years. Um, and then she got one year shaved off for like good behavior. Remember, because she was teaching all the women how to read and write in prison. Uh, Zach is fair, but opinion. Thank you, Danielle. I appreciate that. Make sure... Make sure to like this video. I know that's right. Make sure to like this video. Hey. Wait, you're gay? I am, Norma. I am. I've sucked a few dicks in my life. Romy is fighting with themselves. Romy is fighting with herself. Uh, oh, my God. How laughable is this? Romy just said, after all that bullshit, don't be sensitive. Bitch, you're the one that was coming in here throwing around terms like, you know, racist. My God. And then they're like, don't be so sensitive as you hide behind your your nameless, faceless profile. Sucked dicks, me too. I mean, listen, I think most people in this live chat or that listen to this podcast have sucked a few dicks in their life. Um, do you think Monica should come back? Ooh, good question, boozy bitch. Do I think Monica should come back? I think if there's a way for Monica to come back, sure, that would be great. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Monica return. I think she's brought a lot of interesting dynamics to the show. I would love to see Mary come back since Mary wants to be an ally of 
Monica's. So I think, why not? I am done sucking D. Yeah, Trish, I feel you. I don't, it's not my favorite. I'm not like, yeah, I want to suck all the D. Um, I have to like really be, you know, I have to be really into it. I gave an opinion. You are passive aggressive towards people of color. Well, thank you, Romy. I gave you several examples of how I'm passive aggressive or not even passively. I've been very aggressive towards Rachel, who's whiter than they come. Um, so yeah, you gave an opinion and I said your opinion was stupid. So, and, and, and inaccurate because I'm passive aggressive towards everybody. I'm an equal playing field, passive aggressive towards everyone. Anyone identified, do not save anybody from criticism. I don't know what that means, but thank you. This is my first time. You are fabulous. Thank you, J-Row. Monica is the ultimate villain. The show needs it. I mean, listen, she's definitely... What I like is that Monica leans into the role of being a villain. She doesn't take any shit from anybody. She owns it. She leans into it. And she's like, listen, I was part of Reality Vontees, but let's get into it. Um... So that's one thing that I respect is when a villain is willing to be a villain and own it and lean into it. I'm here for it. Um, okay. On that note, shall we wrap? Anything else? Anybody wants to add? Any other accusations anybody wants to throw out? Do I need to pop off on a bitch today? Okay. Isn't it funny that like somebody can come in the live chat and be like, I have an opinion. But if I go on my podcast and share any of my opinions, then suddenly I'm labeled one thing or another. The other day I was sexist. Today I'm racist. So, you know, it is what it is. <sighs> if anything, I'm the most sexist towards men. Men are the worst. All right. Well, on that note, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I hope you have. Oh, Rachel's podcast. Yeah, she did release another podcast and she was like outing Schwartz about something. About like Schwartz knew about the affair, which he kind of sort of, um, kind of sort of knew. Or like he kind of sort of admitted. I don't know. <sighs> I hit a nerve, LOL. Congratulations, Romy. You hit a nerve. Congrats. If that makes, if that's the highlight of your day, your life must be really fucking boring. So I'm glad that you were able to hit a nerve and you feel good about that. And that I'm glad you were able to make your day by criticizing somebody else. If that's what brings you joy in life, then you know what? Good for you. Okay. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can follow me at Just Plain Zach or follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach all uh, on Instagram where you can follow me at Just Plain Zach all over the internet. I have a very busy day. So if you, ooh, Abuelita Amanda is praying for Romy. Let's all pray for Romy because if her highlight is criticizing people and that makes her feel validated, then God, her life must be sad. All right. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll see you tomorrow on Thursday and we'll have our members only on Thursday and we'll enjoy the rest of the weekend. So, all right, enjoy. Like I said, if you have a really bad dating or sex story, then definitely go and DM it to me. Um, I love you guys. I appreciate you. Sending you so much love, especially you, Rummy. Sounds like you need to get laid, and I hope you do this weekend. All right, guys, ciao for now. Check me out on Mary Payne's podcast. I'm going over to that right now. So go check me out. Love you. Mean it. Bye.